Welcome to the conversation. This is Gretchen. Hi, I'm Christy. And this is Conversations to Connect. You're listening to episode 31. I was going to say, who knows what number anything is anymore? What day is it? What week is it? Where we will be talking about, where we will be getting real about change and uncertainty. My two least favorite words in the dictionary at this point. If I hear the word uncertainty, un- unprecedented times. Unprecedented times, uncertainty, what the hell is going on? This is the first time that Christy and I have seen each other face to face in three months. Let that sink in. Isn't that crazy? crazy? Yeah. Three months. So the last time that we recorded, we had actually recorded a, another episode focusing on men's mental health. And I was editing it and getting ready to put it up. And we still needed to record the intro. And our schedules weren't lining up. And we just kept having a hard time finding a moment to just record that intro. And then COVID-19 happened. And the world shut down. And everything changed. Uh, and I remember that. Okay, so I look back at a couple of my emails and I look back at like two weeks. It's two weeks and people saying, I don't want this to be the new normal. And it's just, and we'll get into, I'm sure, like the shock and the fear and all of the grief mm-hmm. and reactions everybody was having. But it was very reminiscent of, do you remember when we worked at Mercy mm-hmm. and we had an elevator? <laughs> And then one day we didn't have an elevator. Oh, yeah. And it was like we had an elevator and we didn't. We had and we didn't. And we did and we didn't. And we were on the fourth floor of a building downtown. And it made a huge world of a difference. That was our new normal then. So, I mean, when I'm talking with a a lot of people, it's like you've had crisis in your life before. You know, you know. I think we tend to forget that as shit starts going down yeah. because that's kind of what happened here. So I think one of the biggest things that was so different in that when I, in talking with people and even just examining myself, what I was going through was I agree with you, Christy, that like we all have had crisis. We all have had things that we've had to get through. I don't think that collectively the world has all dealt with the same crisis at the exact same time and how pervasive it was like it touched everything and I just remember like telling some of my friends when they were asking like how are you doing and I'm like this is a lot I said you know even if I have clients that aren't specifically talking about what is going on it doesn't matter mm-hmm. <laughs> because everything that they have going on in their life in one way or another was disrupted or impacted by this virus and like our response to dealing with this virus. Sure. And like you said, collectively, and then we have individuals replaying their own traumatic re- responses and reactions in their own ways. And so you're absolutely right. Like we experienced that as a unit yeah. <laughs> together and like, all everybody had their own like some people were going with the flow some people were really anxious some people were reclusive or whatever Mm -hmm. but yeah like you said the whole entire world and there was this sense of I don't even know because when you're going through something like that and people have their own spin and their own information and their own ideals like they have very different we've talked about on the podcast before if you're four people were in a car accident, they all have different perspectives. So then on top of that, you have this, you should be doing this, you should not be doing that. It was so confusing. It still is so confusing. confusing. And it's so much information and it's so much to try to process and handle. And I I love when Brene Brown says it's the FFT. Have you heard her say that? Uh, The fucking first time. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And so when you're going through something like that and you're like, I don't know. Like, is this the right thing to do? I don't know. Like, Well, and there were so many things. That's one of the things that I talked about with a lot of people because I had clients maybe not really understanding why they were struggling so much with anything, with anxiety, with worry, with whatever. They were just like, I don't get it. Like, I'm just sitting at home, not really out there, like, exposed, right? But like, (laughs) Were you just sitting at home, Gretchen? No, I wish. But... 
No, but it's true. Like there were a lot of people that were like, I'm just sitting at home. I'm not leaving my house. I'm like ordering all my groceries in. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not really like exposing myself to a risk. So like, why am I having a hard time focusing and concentrating? Why do I feel like all I want to do is sit on the couch and not move? Why am I having trouble sleeping? Why am I having anxiety or feeling like really down and depressed? Like I don't understand. I think realizing the impact of a pandemic and of something that affects us worldwide. And so I I said to a lot of people, even though you might not be leaving, that right there is completely different than what you're used to, you know? And I was like, and and you're ordering your groceries and they're telling you, you know, okay, uh, well, and you can I'll go out, but but don't go out for long periods of time. And you can go this places, but don't go to these places. And no, don't wear masks. No, wait, we take that back. Wear masks if you are sick. Never mind. Everybody wear masks. Like, it just was constant changing. Well, I think for myself, I'm a person who likes to seek information and to know as much as I can. And that really got me into trouble, like, early on oh, yeah. in this um, because... Our work did not stop, and like you were saying, you had client after client, and it was just a time where you could only do all of the work you could do, take on all of the emotional baggage baggage from everybody, and then just try to manage on your own. And then like at night, I would try and get caught up on the news, and then I couldn't sleep, and I wasn't really eating. So, I mean, and everybody had their own... Um, coping skills stripped away from them whether that was going to the gym or just seeing your friends it was like everything just stopped and in an eerie quiet kind of way I don't know like where I live anyway like there wasn't a lot of like motion on the streets and it was like you don't know what's going to happen happen and people were coming up and still coming up with all these conspiracy theories Mm -hmm. and just trying to sit with so many different people in so many different places with so many different concerns was interesting because like you said nobody had that like some people were at home with small kids and working from home some people were losing their jobs some people weren't sure if an elderly person was going to get sick i have a lot of family and friends in the hospitals like Mm -hmm. are the hospitals all of a sudden going to be full and what's happening in new york like there's so much the only word is uncertainty but oh my gosh talk about yeah, like overkill. It it was extreme uncertainty. One of the things that I've been talking a lot about with people is if anything I feel like the one thing that this situation has really shown us is that change is inevitable, number 1. Mm-hmm. And nothing is permanent and nothing is certain, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that pre COVID-19, it was very easy for all of us to create a world for ourselves where we thought things were certain, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. I go to work every day. I, my kids go to school. Like, we felt like these things were certain. My kids go to school every day. Like, that was what I had done for the last four or five years. Right. Like, it mm-hmm. felt certain. So, for all of a sudden, something that seemed certain and felt mm-hmm. certain to all of a sudden become uncertain. My kids are no longer going to school. Our school is in a totally different way. I'm no longer going to work. I am going to work, but I'm seeing everybody through a computer screen, you know, and not seeing people in person. Like, everything that I thought was certain, or that we believe is certain, it it really got shoved in our face how much uncertainty we live with, and that is extremely uncomfortable. It is very uncomfortable to believe that we know what we know about ourselves, about our lives, about the world, and to have that, like, pushed in our face, like, you don't know anything. Well, and you probably had a lot of unhealthy things happening or distractions from other choices that you have made in your life. And whether or not those were good choices, it was all of a sudden everybody was sitting with everything. Mm-hmm. There's no a escape. Lot. No, and it's a lot. Well, like you said, whether it was coping mechanisms or not, we all of the distractions that we had right. were completely gone. We couldn't go out to eat. We couldn't go to the movies. We couldn't go all the sporting events gone. So we couldn't go. We couldn't watch on TV. Like we were being told to stay inside. And so we really were forced to sit with our feelings. Mm -hmm. And that is not something that a lot of people in the world are comfortable doing, know how to do, or have the skills to do that. Especially, I feel like the generation above us, because oh, I think they had that, no <laughs> idea what to do. You and I talked about this over the phone. Share your share your story. 
Well, just, and I agree with you. Just the ridiculousness of like, mom, where are you going? Why do you have to? Get, you don't have to go to that store. Or like some of older clients, it was it would just be like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Or whether it was just like, oh, I need to get out of the house, so I'm gonna go to the grocery store. And it was like, this is not what we're supposed to be doing. So this was part of my also like complete and utter shutdown. Was like. I often in my life get in the save the world mentality. I know it's not always the healthy thing to do, but I, I mean well. Um, so trying to take everything on and be the one to like educate and say like this is why you need to be doing it like is completely exhausting. Yeah. Um, Especially when people aren't necessarily wanting to hear it. Right. Yeah. Right. And like, oh, you're crazy. Like you're just. And it's like, is it that much of a big deal? L- listen to me. To like step back. And not do anything for two months, or not two months. Well, it well, ended it up however many. I mean, initially we thought two weeks, right, right, or right, a month, or. But to say, okay, and this is so difficult in any sort of crisis because I struggled with it myself to like have that space of gratitude of thank goodness this wasn't twenty years ago. We have a lot more technology. We were calling Uber Eats. We were calling. Right. Uh, we could do virtual sessions with our doctors, with our therapists. Yes. We could do Zoom chats with our friends or use FaceTime. Mm-hmm. Or, and or it whatever. became this, I have one client whose kid takes uh, guitar lessons and started doing it online. And it was like, oh my gosh, we're never going to go back into the studio again. I can cook dinner and have him in another room. Like, how much were we driving places and spending gas and spending time where we could otherwise save it? It was, for me, that was probably the biggest eye-opener mm-hmm. was how much of my... It's just like general exhaustion, number one, and feeling of like being pulled in so many places was actually because I was just driving to so many different things. And then two, I have a hard time saying no, especially to like social, not obligations, but invitations, right? Like Uh social invitations to different things. I want want to be a part of things. So... That was All almost sudden, a relief. It was. To be That's like, exactly I what don't I have say. to go anywhere. I literally went through my schedule book and erased everything. Mm-hmm. And it was, in, initially it was like, this is really weird. Yeah. And it was also really freeing. It was until we filled up our schedule with clients. <laughs> because wow. But I mean like socially. It, like, totally. Because. Terms, yeah. Mm-hmm. That is just one of the things where it's almost like I I don't want to miss this. I probably shouldn't do this, but when you don't have a choice, like you said, it's almost a little bit of a relief. There was I think. relief, and then there was also there were times where I I really like energetically didn't know what to do with myself. I would find myself mentally exhausted, but my body like I couldn't sit still, uh-huh. and. That was really hard because, like, I didn't know what to do with myself. There was nowhere to go. That's something that maybe maybe I would have gone and, like, watched around a store. Maybe mm-hmm. I wasn't able to do a lot of the same kind of, like, physical activities that I was used to doing. One, because I like to go to the gym. I like to go. I don't like working out at home. It's not motivating for mm-hmm. me. It's not fun. Um, well, and for me, I had the opposite because I, some of the yoga instructors that I love are like in LA and New York. And I all of a sudden had this community that was so spread out or like my friends in Germany right. sitting at home Skyping because there's nothing else. the to do. world was right. shut down. Well, mm-hmm. and, and that's the, so a great perspective, which is like, I should have rented out your spare bedroom and done that here because for me to have children right. home all the time and my husband was home. For a month and a half, his work was closed, almost two months. Mm. So everyone was in the house. I had no time to myself. I remember you saying that you would take drives. Just I would go on and I would take cruises. drives, That's right? Corona. corona cruises. I would too, like just to get out of the house uh-huh. and just to. Well, and literally just to like, I need silence. It well, and it's lucky so for us that we can still go to work because we have like private offices that are like shut off, so we can, yes. you know do our work there and because a lot of people working from home would have a, one of the therapists that we know has twin 10 months olds mm-hmm. and wife started working from home could you imagine all of a sudden you're both working from home there is no daycare and like you're taking care of twins yeah so yeah. and the, and every we've talked about this before it's never fair to make comparisons because everybody has and is struggling mm-hmm. with their own situation yeah. 
and their own um, ways of coping. But it's very important to try and adjust as much as you possibly can. Well, so, I think, again, just come from a place of understanding, mm-hmm. right? So it's not about comparing, oh, no, this person is doing this, but I'm doing this. And that definitely happened very early on where it was like, oh, I yeah. had a lot of friends who, again, it's how we deal with stress and what that looks like that fight flight or freeze response Mm -hmm. so the people who were angry and upset and agitated right that looks like the fight response the people that were um, reclusive and like i need to just check out i'm you know zoned out i'm really depressed i'm sleeping a lot that's you know yeah freeze right (laughs) the flights often i think looks like anxiety like there isn't a lot sometimes to run from i had a couple friends that were very much like and clients too that had to be doing something right so it was the like i'm feeling so anxious and so overwhelmed mm-hmm. i'm going to completely remodel my house and I'm i think going that to clean the, everything from top to bottom i think that the flight and the freeze often are like go hand in hand yeah. because it's kind of like it, it might be just leave me alone i don't want to talk and like that's a little bit of where i was at the beginning and like i said it it took to, to the point where like you have certain people in your life that you can reach out to and be like, hey, I'm not good. Yeah. <laughs> and so when you get to that point and you talk to somebody who can really help you through that, like that is, it was like I woke up the next day and I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, <laughs> I know this stuff. Like, yeah. why am I all day long doing work, like doing the work and then not talking the talk at the end of the day? Because Again, like I was exhausted. I felt the need like, well, I have to know all of the all of the things going on so that I can make sure that the people that I'm working with have the right information. Yeah. Exhausting. Exhausting. Boundaries. We right? have to have boundaries on everything. Well, a group that I'm a part of, they will often joke and say, "Well, Christy always says yes." And like you said about like right. having a hard time saying no, it's like if I see a project or see some work that needs to be done, like, immediately, and like you said, when you have a family and you have all this stuff happening in your house, like, that's a different situation from, well, maybe I have the time. Or right. That's, like, what else am I doing? I'm just sitting here at home. That's something right. I'd really like to be a part of. And yeah. then, yeah, it was it's just... It's hard looking at what, like, physical time do I have? Like, yeah, I don't have anything planned today from 4 to 8, so I do have time, right. physical time, mm-hmm. versus... Do I have emotional and mental and spiritual and like all of that time? Mm -hmm. Do I have energy there that I can give? So I might have the actual span of time available in my day Mm -hmm. that I'm not doing anything, but I also might need that to just check out or do something else for myself or whatever. A hundred percent. Well, shortly after that happened, I did two day-long retreats and that was just I was like okay coming home because I was still meditating but not like doing like to the level of like reading and like exercise Mm -hmm. and things like that so well I always find for myself that I benefit more from meditation practice that is led by somebody else Mm -hmm. so you know I can do things on my own and it definitely works and it helps but being able to follow someone else telling you what to do so then you don't have to think about it you don't have to be like what should i do next what should i pick right you Mm -hmm. can just be like no you tell me what to do Mm -hmm. that is something that can be really beneficial which is one of the reasons why christy and i started putting up those short little videos on our instagram Mm -hmm. so if you don't follow us on instagram you can check us out at conversations the number two connect because we've been uploading and still have more to upload. Just short little ideas. Short couple videos, of minutes. little yeah. things, little meditations, breath work, movement, sound, using sound therapy, all different things that you can do that might be helpful. It changes from time to time what works for you. So if you're saying like mm-hmm. this, I'm not getting the same effect as I did, like that's okay. And I feel like what collectively we were also going through was and still is grief. So yes. we're traumatized and we're living our past traumas like well the reactions anyways and i feel like therapeutically people were doing a lot deeper work during this time too um I both yeah as i said that i was like but not everybody because i have a lot of people that were already dealing with trauma previously from their life and were actually finally getting into something and then the covid19 happened and because that was a new trauma 
it brought everything back up to the surface. Sure. So sure. I started having sessions with people that were just like grounding, just like. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is happening out here? Not even grounding, just like we're just gonna sit in here and chat for an hour mm. because it was it was even too much for people to sit in their bodies right. because of that. Like I can't be present in my body right now because it's freaking me out. I can we just talk about like what is this craziness? Can we talk about the memes that are happening? Because it's the only thing that's keeping me sane. And I think that we see so many people, it's hard to, like, say, like, most people were this way or that. But I didn't have any, but, like, I think the majority of my people were just, like, really scared and really, like, grieving. So back to that grief response, it's, like, grief is a spiral. We know this. And there are definitely five stages, but you don't, like, ever complete them. So there's shock, there's denial, there's anger, there's depression, there's acceptance. Well, what happens when you go through those five things multiple times a day? Yeah. Like, it's like, okay, it became, how are you? Um, this minute, uh, right. a little anxious. Uh, maybe 10 minutes, uh, I'm going to be depressed. Maybe, yeah. yeah. And so well, that is emotionally taxing too. News, just yes. that constant barrage of, you know, so that's where then we are constantly living in that fight or flight response, mm-hmm. right? That like we freak out because we get new news, we don't know what's coming, and then we calm ourselves back down. Like, okay, we can deal with this. Well, then the fact that we just kept being, you know, more news and more news and mm-hmm. more, oh, this is happening, and now we're doing this, and now we're doing that, and don't do this, and do this, and more shutdowns and more restrictions. It got to the point where I think most of us were living in that just constantly in a stressed... Oh, sure. Well, and I think that... A lot of us, most of us, need a sense of leadership in our lives. and Which we, we didn't have. No. <laughs> I was going to say, we're not going to go. We can go into a political discussion. But it was just for me. I was like, no bullshit. Like, I think everybody got to the point where I was like, don't bullshit me. Like, tell me right. what it is. Is this two months? Like, I need to wrap my head around, like, how long is this going to last? What is this going to look like? And the first time I had a little bit of relief from that was when we stopped looking at the federal level and the doctors started talking and I was like, okay, yes, now look, okay, yeah. And now the states are going to take over. Oh, thank God I live in Pennsylvania. Like right, I really trusted our, yeah. our governor to make good decisions and for better or worse, I mean, his approval rating, is it still above 70? I mean, I think oh, that... Oh, I don't even know. But I, even if not, I mean, it's like, I, you're damned if you do, you damned if you don't. There's always sure. going to be somebody that's going to be angry about it. But right. I agree. I think that being on the cautious side... And calm and informative right. and, like, using science. Right, and it's, based on science is smart. Because I've definitely had people that have been not happy with what he's done. Yeah. And we've talked about it. And I'm like, listen, I hear you. I hear that you think that he's being too conservative mm-hmm. and that we should just move forward and whatever. But I was like, but that's, this is where we live. And if you want to live in a state where they're being less conservative, by all means, you can move or right. visit. But this is where we are. So it's like you can complain about it. Or we can just learn to cope with it. I mean, mm-hmm. and that's one of those things that we can't control. We can control in terms of who we vote for, that kind of thing. But what then they do at a larger level, there is a part of that that we don't have control over. And that's sure. why it goes back to that realizing that, like, wow, we live, yes, America, the home of the free and the brave. But that doesn't mean that we individually have that kind of level of control over everything. Well, and as a culture, that's a real problem. It is. In other countries, and just like you said, some people are happy with things, some people aren't, and no country and no person is ever perfect. But, like, as a culture, we so pride ourselves on individualism and this me, me, me mentality that seeing people in this the supermarkets before it became a, a requirement that you wear a mask, seeing people not wear a mask and just be like, I don't give a shit about anybody around here because if people paid attention, it was like, my mask is protecting you. And I wasn't necessarily scared of getting something from those people not wearing the mask, but it was just like a, if there's ever a time to be like, I don't care, I am just going to do whatever I want and I'm just going to blatantly disregard everybody else's health. Like yeah. I don't have it. Like I, um, live kind of close to some people who never social distance and that was also enraging to me on a daily basis to see that um i have a lot of friends that experience that too yeah and so to see that and then once we went into the yellow phase there was a person and i don't know him so um he was just 
around. And so I stood back talking because I wanted to speak to somebody that was there. And this individual got so agitated and he looked at me because I was standing on the sidewalk and they were like in the yard area. And he looked at me and he was like, really? And I was like, what? And he was like, really? You're going to stand over there? I was like, "Uh uh-huh. And I just kept like talking and you could tell like some of the other people were getting like, uh uh-oh, like, but so many clients and friends that I've worked with will say, oh, this situation really bothered me, but I didn't want to start anything. And it's just not, and like just taking on like not being okay with things. And it's like, you need to stand up for things in as safe as a possible way of just like not trying to agitate, but so, um, standing up for yourself. Like, listen, buddy, I'm not telling you that you need to stand far away, but if I choose to have distance, especially now, like you said, as we moved in the yellow and now here in Pennsylvania, as of yesterday, we've moved, or not all the counties, but in our county, we've moved into green. And again, in every state that looks different, in every country, maybe you're like red, yellow, green, what mm-hmm. the hell are you talking about? We have faced and I was in like, Pennsylvania. Why did we pick the traffic light? Because green means go, like everything's free. But it's I don't not, know. I know. But it's not. And so this individual in particular was upset that I wasn't standing close enough so anyway i looked at his family who was there and i said um am i being offensive (laughs) like just asking and they were like oh my god no like you're totally fine and i was like i mean because you know i can go home like that's not a big deal like if if this is making anybody else uncomfortable and they were like no don't listen to him and it was just like has this guy ever been called out on anything in his life and i think that another trigger for me (laughs) is middle-aged white men who have been so privileged their whole entire life that they just feel like they should never be in an uncomfortable situation. So this new thing of just being like, no, like you can't just do that. And no, you can't just say that. And no, you can't be that way. Right. And then like... I don't have control like, over everything. Right. And yeah. it's like, oh, you're a bitch. Or you're, and he didn't say that. Like he was pretty much like, okay, whatever. And I'm sure it's like, oh, she's being... um unreasonable or being too careful that's fine like if i would rather be more careful i'm going to be around the people that are okay with that well i think yeah as we as we continue to move into these phases where things are starting to we can open back up or we're allowed you know we can come out of our house we can go back into stores we can go back into you know restaurants and things like that i think it's important to be kind that's what it is important mm-hmm. to be kind and to try to understand that not everybody is going to react in the same way that you are right and that it's not all about you like right. that's what it's like really boils down to. yes this pandemic is happening yes you know all kinds of things have changed but your ideals and the things everybody has something that's more important to them right mm-hmm. so when we started opening up to yellow like some people immediately went to their dog groomer some people right. immediately like pick your thing like what's good and be okay with that not I need to be doing everything or nothing you well, know I think also like just because somebody else might be running to go to eat in a restaurant or going to get mm-hmm. your haircut or something and if you're not okay with that that's okay yeah you don't have to judge them nobody has to judge you about wanting to stay home like it's okay to not be doing the same things as other people right yeah and what a time to practice that (laughs) so when when we're talking meditation so initially I was just very um, busy with work and getting things situated so I wasn't teaching meditation and the first time that I did I was like huh I really missed this in meditation we're always coming back to this moment always coming back to this moment so when you notice yourself gone or irritated you're coming back to the moment and I've joked with lots of people that I work with like never in a time have we been faced with so many chances to practice that well and to <laughs> just really being like be forced to be in the present you mm-hmm. know like there are people saying I don't know what the future is going to look like I'm like absolutely neither do I I don't know what this means I don't know what green means I don't know what the summer is going to look like I don't know what the fall is going to look like yeah. it could look like anything yeah. we don't know and because we don't know even more reason to just focus on right now what right. is happening right now because and what choices do you have right now cho- and yeah. like how do we make shorter term plans how do we live more in the moment yes. because that is what we are able to do right now and what do we have we've we've talked about that all the time but like with all of the yeah. distractions it's really hard to do that to be like oh my gosh i can paint the window like i had my friend come and paint windows and that was just like a nice way to 
experience art and see somebody like being able to express themselves creatively like I think it's so important to at least for me it was interesting the people that I was in contact with you know what I mean like we have our girls group and of course like we would do like our zoom calls but like so much of our interactions were a lot deeper like it wasn't just like oh this happened and blah 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 it was just like really connecting with people on a different level it's interesting yeah but the zoom like i was over that pretty quick (laughs) yeah i mean it, it has been it has been okay i haven't done a lot of it i think again because the majority of the therapy that we're doing right now is through the mm-hmm. computer and virtually. I have a hard time being on a computer for uh-huh. eight, nine, ten hours and then going home and doing a Zoom call. Right. <laughs> or even sometimes again. I've told people, call me. I can't I can't text back. Like I can't even look at my phone because yeah, just that overstimulation of... It's been weird because yeah. there's also been times where I'm like, God, I don't want to do another video call. And then I miss seeing people's faces. Yeah. So there's also been times where I've done the opposite where I'm like, I don't really want to talk on the phone because I'm also having yeah. a hard time with like attention. Yeah. That I'm like, can we do a video call because I think it might be better? Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. really hard. And as we're saying this too, I'm like, yeah, I think that I have both and I have certain people that are always video and certain people that aren't like... Yeah, it's what you need. Well, and mm-hmm. it's like different all the time. Sometimes I just want to text. Sometimes I just want to talk on the phone. Sometimes I want a video call. Every moment, like you said, what's, how do I feel this minute? Mm-hmm. You know, I might want to do something at one point and then an hour later, I'm like, why did I set up that video call? The last thing that I want to do is get on a Zoom call, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, one thing that I've enjoyed when you pulled in, we're at my house, and I have my lounge chair set up in the backyard, and every so often throughout the day, I'll be like, oh, vacation read, and I'll grab my book, and I have like a fun read book, and I'll just go out, because you know on vacation, you just you have your book, and you're just yeah. like lounging around, so I've tried to, like you said, scale it back to what we can do, because... Yeah. You know, we we don't know. Well, it's and the down. trick is the trick is remembering we never did. It was an illusion. It was an illusion. It, and that again, reminding people of that has been really interesting and, and quite powerful because of how much people mm-hmm. were like, "Oh, I didn't realize how much we really didn't have control over." And I was like, "Right, it right. actually is quite." It's how you think, how you feel, and what you do. That's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So how you respond to this situation, what you choose to think about it. You know, even if your mind starts running, what you choose to do with that? Do you give in to that or do you fight that? You know, and then- I feel like initially, um, especially when we couldn't have control over the things or people in our lives, I found myself saying a lot over and over again to clients that what I do or what other people do is none of my business and what I do is all of my business. Yeah. And to really like let go of like, I can't like whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And that's terrifying especially if you're seeing like the tsunami is coming at uh, there was something that i saw it was like it's like standing on a beach in a bikini with a tsunami coming at you like that's how protected we are and just like i said especially if you have people in the hospital and first responders like in your life that you worry about that it's just not and that for people to be like ah i just really want this haircut it's like come on people like because it was very easy to be like um so my sister-in-law is italian and she has family in italy and a couple of them are doctors and they had let her know a month about before that and were like seriously you need to take this serious seriously and she's like an icu nurse not she was an icu nurse but she still is a nurse i remember just like also being like oh that's really sad like it is really sad but there's this thing in your mind it's like but that's over there it's It's far away and even like in pittsburgh people would be like but that's new york and it's like that's philadelphia yeah and just it's hard when it's not but that's what we do it's a protective measure and Mm -hmm. so it's about understanding that right is it happening here in in our city no is it well it is but not to the severity right to the severity so to, to say to ourselves, it's happening over there, mm-hmm. is a way for us to not freak out. It's a coping mechanism. It's level that that helps, but then there's also a point I was where that, say that, is, yeah. that is not helpful. Denial is 100% a coping skill, and I know we're going to get to in future podcasts, but so we had the second wave of just 
Oh, this was just like the perfect storm waiting to happen. Well, we talked about even before the perfect storm happened, the shining lights on the cracks. Like this pandemic is going to bring all the lights on the cracks of our society, education, healthcare, socioeconomic status, like unemployment, education, like some schools and people like some kids never saw their teachers online. And some Mm -hmm. like people that I know that work in New Jersey, they're teachers were teaching from nine to three every day kids went in the room and they were on like and some charter schools already did that for their um snow days so their kids were on and some kids it was like the teacher sends a packet at the beginning of the week and then we never hear from them and it's like how is this okay like it just blows my mind from like disparities and which is so enlightening to see people paying attention to politics now like oh, the governor of Wisconsin is this person and this is what they're doing. Like, I think that the time and the exposure to that, like, opened a little bit to people. But it was just, like, uh, so everything crashing down at the same time. I was, like, going back to my point of people saying, it's not my problem. It's not my problem. Racism? No, I mean, probably it happens. And, like, when you start asking certain questions, especially amongst other white people, because I feel like just being white people feel like an openness to say whatever they want in front of you and i was lucky to have one of my aunts was a very very outspoken extreme advocate uh, across all fronts like growing up and i just watched that and i knew like treating people a certain way for any reason was just not okay and that just like i think people are like oh it's not that big of a deal or like people would say you know i'm so sick and tired of hearing about all the politics of this and it's like well we're kind of talking about murder um also that right there is your privilege showing exactly and to say to be able to say to be able to say i'm gonna go take a walk because i need to get away from this like really that's that's nice that you have the choice to do that in a safe way right yeah so i was just you know with everything that has happened i mean this is not new right the police killing black individuals and people of color and targeting people of color more than white individuals is not new right by any means it is not new but there is nothing else for the world to do other than watch this happen mm-hmm. you know we don't and you and can't we don't have any other coping mechanisms. Right. so like we just said with COVID-19 all my coping mechanisms gone mm-hmm. all my ways to distract gone so now here we have a man brutally murdered on camera and everyone saw it and it is not going away and it needs to not go away and the interesting also privileged part of that was when i was having these conversations with other white people them not knowing that ahmaud aubrey had just been murdered like in february and Brianna taylor and right it's the videos like if people did not see those videos those guys would still like for for months they walked around their town people knowing that they did it and like their neighbors were never even questioned about what was going on so to the extent of this i feel like people would be like no that's just that can't even be possible i'm going to turn and i'm going to do this like because that's what they've done for every other single person yes we live in pittsburgh and when antoine rose was murdered black teen murdered by a white cop and there were protests here Mm -hmm. and there were people that blocked bridges and they were told that's not how you protest right and colin kaepernick takes a knee they were he was told that's not how you protest it is not for us as white individuals to tell any person of color how they should or should not express themselves when they are constantly being murdered and the whole point of it is saying well there's lots of points of it but saying like this makes me uncomfortable. I like my privilege. Yes. You're not taking that away from me. Shut your mouth or we're yeah. going to fire you and you're never going to work again because we yeah. live in Pittsburgh. So I have some very interesting news. I've given up on the Steelers. Just given up. Done. Like done, 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 done. Because people might not follow football, but follow me for a second. So call <laughs> Kaepernick is a quarterback and our quarterback is ben roethlisberger and so ben got hurt early in the year and people were scrambling like oh my gosh what are we gonna do like we don't have a quarterback and i was like bring back kaepernick he's an amazing football player like that would be a way for the steelers and pittsburgh to like have a statement of stand 
Did they? No. But they did a couple of days ago. We are so sad. And just like that boils up in me. Like all of a sudden you have to save face for the rest of your people that, you know, wanted to make these decisions by saying, no, we're going to hide in the locker room instead of let, allowing our players to take a knee if they want to because, like, the president is saying that's a bad idea and right. it means it's against the military. When, in fact, Kaepernick actually spoke with a military person and that's, what and that's why him. he kneeled. And, like, may, like, again, you don't have the right to tell anybody else what to do. Well, and we make assumptions. I mean, that was a lot of assumptions sure. that were made and there's still a lot of assumptions made about the protesters right now and what is happening and why they're doing what they're doing. If you're not out there right. actively participating alongside with them, I don't know that we have a place to pass judgment about Never. what is or is not happening. Like if you're not seeing it firsthand and you don't know what's happening, because again, what is uh, broadcast through the media is snippets. We're right. seeing snippets. So, you know, when I see here in Pittsburgh, oh, look, the police chief took a knee. Great. But you know what? Two days before that, the police were shooting rubber bullets straight in people's yes, eyes. Yes, yes, And my, one of my favorite memes that I've seen is Kaepernick taking a knee, and the caption says, if I told you so, we're a person. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, there is no, that, that is absolutely right. Another one, that, another meme that I saw that I like to reference too is there's a house on fire for the, the all lives matter because I know, and people say, I know cops that are good. And I know, yes, yes, absolutely. But there are certain morals and values that we take. And like as social workers and therapists, like we vow to act a certain way. And yeah. when you go against that and like people around you don't feel comfortable calling you out on that because that's part of the system, that is not okay. And so when the the other meme that i saw was this house is on fire and it's like but what about the other houses they're putting it's out like, well the firefighters are putting out the highest yes. house that's on fire and someone else says but all houses are important Why what about my put, house what about my house <laughs> yes there are lots of those and i've seen lots of things like when people do things like oh it's breast cancer awareness month yeah that that the people aren't like excuse me what about the other cancers right you know when we're promoting one thing it's not that we're saying this is the only thing that is important. Mm -hmm. What we're saying is, is that right now it is very important to shine a light on those things. White lives are not in danger. Right. And to say, hey, take a real good look and be like, I am privileged because tax dollars go to schools, go to like, there's just like, there's it's so many, there's so much, all the systemic racism that people, I don't even want to say they don't get, they just don't, some people don't care. And that's a very small percentage of people because I'll tell you what people that are ignorant and that don't know and that want to know yeah. again, you can't like generalize everybody, but like my clients who are black will be like, yeah, um, some people will say, oh, this is extremely upsetting, but unfortunately for them, they feel this and this doesn't ever go away this is their ever. Everyday life. And so it's like, yeah, this is what it is. Like, welcome, welcome to the reality and that like certain white people will be like extremely upset and like mourning affected and like really affected saying like how can this is not okay like okay let's start having those conversations there's just so much that we haven't been exposed to so i don't know about you because you grew up somewhere else but i did some reflecting on my schooling and i was like yeah we had black history month but was it a big deal like to the teachers to promote and was it a big deal to bring in like culture and things yeah. like that? No, never. When I was in seventh grade, I had an amazing English teacher and that's when I fell in love with poetry because Maya Angelou, Toni Morrison, yeah. like she brought in like all of the rich culture that was like within that. So I don't know. I just feel like when people navigate their worlds wherever they're at and there's not a lot of exposure, that inherent white privilege is just like something that goes unnoticed and it's like well, yeah, I mean, well i work hard too you know i did that well okay let's look at housing loans and let's look at education opportunities and let's look at just like yeah. minor charges that a white kid probably wouldn't get that a black kid gets and then it's there's just like so so lot. much I feel like just like you said, the people that want to know and want to be educated are asking really good questions and they're having to address these things with maybe their parents, maybe like yeah, family, members. family members. And it's 
hard. Like it's like, you know, I think that we're uh, us just coming into our generation saying we want to talk about feelings and our parents being like, no, 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 no. no. Yeah, they definitely don't want to talk no, we're about sweet. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. so like, I just feel so blessed that that wasn't my lived experience, but I know for so many people it is and that they still have to go and have these conversations and hope that yeah. something. I'm lucky enough that like my family also has not been that way that they've been very open that we've talked about race and sexuality and religion and all of that kind of stuff in a very open way and when I was living in Pittsburgh when I was younger I went to inner city schools so I had a good number of friends that were black and I had teachers that were black and having that experience I think was really beneficial to me because it helped me to see different different sides but I have always been very much about educating myself like mm-hmm. you had said Christy I like I like the information I'd like to know and so I want to know and I think that that's the best thing that we as white people can do is continue to educate ourselves because even if you are aware of the white privilege and even if you are aware of what is going on in in terms of like the the struggle that black people have we are still always going to be benefiting off of a system that privilege that gives us privilege mm-hmm. as white people so mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if we do the best that we can inherently we are going to be on that side of racism because mm-hmm. we just benefit from the system the way that it's set up so educating yourself on that system on the history that this world and uh, this country specifically has been built on. I mean, mm-hmm. it has been built on the backs of immigrants. It's built on the graves of immigrants, Native Americans, and then slaves brought over from Africa and other countries because and of And actually, Indians. that's how mm-hmm. policing started. Yes. One thing I want to make very clear, too, is, is that it is not the responsibility of people of color to educate us mm-hmm. as white people. If you have questions... You can message us or send us a question through our website if you have specific questions and we can maybe refer you to some books or movies or documentaries. There's so much out there. There's so many resources. And again, if you follow us on Conversations to Connect on Instagram or on Facebook, we've been posting a lot of those things in our storyline. So you can follow that and see what are some things that you can, um, that you can do. Please don't go out there and ask black people what you can do, Mm -hmm. how you can help. It is not their responsibility. They're already doing so much to just survive and live. Like you said, Gretchen, there are so many resources that we can share too with you because it's important to know and it's important to ask questions and it's important to say like, hey, I'm not quite sure about this. I want to talk it through and I don't want to be offensive or I don't want to be seen a certain way. Like it's okay to be like, I'm ignorant to this fact and I want more information because that's how you, you know, better, you do better. Hopefully most of the time. Exactly. Exactly. And that's also how I know a lot of people have asked about how do I broach this topic with children? And I was like, don't you remember Mr. Rogers did it? (laughs) Like kids. Again, books. There are so many books. Yeah. So there, there are lots of children's shows that talk about it. There are books that talk about it. When we think about, like, I want to learn something, where do we go? Yeah. <laughs> we go to school, take a course, take a webinar, read And a book. it's also, like, I don't know what to do. Donate. There are so, so Colin Kaepernick, yes. uh, like I was talking about him earlier, he has a fun nationally that will help get legal defense for people who are arrested during the protest. So that's really necessary. Go to your local level. The NAACP is always a good one. Taraji P. Henson, who is an actress, she has a fund that is national as well that raises money for black and people of color to receive mental health treatment. Wonderful. So yes, that's can, a good one. You can find hers. You can we'll come up with that. a list and maybe we'll like... There has been stuff that Okay, I'm the one that posts on Instagram. So I have been posting all of this stuff. And I love opportunities to um, to educate yourself, books to read, people to follow, places to donate. There are times like a needle in a haystack that I will send you one or two. It's true. Like once like, every here, three or four post months. Post this. <laughs> But we will be having more conversations and we will be having more guests and we will never stop talking about this. No matter how much people are like, I'm tired of talking about this. 
okay, let's talk some more. Let's like, why are you tired? Right. <laughs> why is this exhausting to you? Because not because black people can't escape it. Yeah. And we can. Right. If I don't want to live that life, if I don't want that to be a part of my everyday life, I actually have the privilege to not think about it. Right. And to go about living my life and not have that touch me. That is why black lives matter. I posed the question to somebody, because another thing that people will say is, I am not racist. I have black friends. And well-meaning people that, like, you don't want to be, but, like, you say things, and you don't know the context of this. So really being educated around that will help you educate other the people that do want to be educated. Well, but also, so, if you're white, you're racist. Well, I'm sorry. And I agree <laughs> with are. that. I said to this person in particular, who I said, like, I know is a really good person. I said, I'm going to pose one question to you. If you woke up tomorrow and you were black, would you want to be treated the way that black people are treated in our society? And they were like, no. So you know. So you, so know. you know. And right. it's so, like, like it's that push away. No, it's Italy. It's New York. Right. It's well, not me. You can be the best white person there is. <laughs> so and, nice and, and so, helpful. Right. And, like, doing, quote, unquote, all the right things you still benefit from a system that is inherently racist and that will always benefit you. So mm-hmm. even if you aren't overtly racist, you are participating in a society that makes you racist. I actually have a post that I will share with you and Gretchen can post it on the thing. On the it's a big triangle of the overt racism yes. and there is so much more covert racism. Yes. So, and people being like, oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. I, we could go on and on for days. And so we will. I, like I said, we're yes. not going to stop talking about this. We're not going to stop talking about this. We will continue to incorporate this. We will also eventually get back to the men's mental health. <laughs> but Sorry, just, Evan, Frank. Uh-huh. <laughs> we just really felt like it was important to address these things first. Yeah. And really kind of just put ourselves out there in support of the Black Lives Matter movement, the protests that are happening right now and trying to be an agent for change uh, in a time when it is definitely needed. So our hearts are out there with everybody, no matter where you are and who you are and what you're doing. And we are here, like Gretchen said, you can always direct message us. We have lots of resources. We you know, can connect you with therapists in this area and other areas, yes. like whatever your need is. And it's specific to, we've talked about before, there are certain times where not every therapist would be the right fit for you. Yeah. So like we are happy to have those conversations and to help you however we can. Thank you for listening to Conversations to Connect with Gretchen and Christy. If you like our show, want more information and want to connect with us, go to our website at www.conversationstoconnect.com and follow us on Instagram. We hope this episode has given you some useful tips to create meaningful conversations in your life. If you feel like you would benefit from talking with a therapist, one resource is www.psychologytoday.com, or you can contact your insurance company. See you next time.